You know, it's good to say thank you, isn't it? It just, just feels good to appreciate people, and we all ought to do that. We ought to work at that more and more, all of us, every chance we get to be more appreciative. You know, it's, it's a good way to defeat complaining. Gratitude. Gratitude. And, you know, it's not that we don't have stuff to complain about. It's just that we got more stuff to be thankful for. And may God help us all. We are, we're all in this battle together, and there's so much going on, so much going on in the world, so much going on in our lives. And if we're not careful, we'll get to staring at everything wrong, and we'll miss so much that's right. God has been so gracious to us. So let's continue to be faithful to him and trust that he continues to work in our lives as he sees fit. Let's go to the word of God, the book of Esther, chapter number seven. You go there with me in your Bibles tonight, Esther, chapter number seven. How many of you thankful for the Bible tonight? God's holy word. Holy, set apart, different, marked off. There's something special about this book, amen? And wherever we're reading, wherever we're studying, it's a help to us. At this point in time on Wednesday nights, we have the privilege of, being stu of, of studying through the book of Esther. And a good number of our folks on Wednesdays, because of distance, because of the job, because of traffic, can't necessarily be in the building, but they're tuning in. And to all of us that are in sync with this book of the Bible, Let's listen to what God has to say. And, and to know he not only knows what to say, watch this now, he knows when to say it. And it's amazing that we're at this book at this time in our lives, and I've had people from the church say, this is exactly what I'm dealing with right now. Doesn't God know? He knows what we need. So let's have our ears open, our hearts open, as he speaks, to receive what God says. Now let's look at what the Bible says in chapter 7. Let's pick up where we were last week. Let's listen to the king in response to Esther, informing him on what has been set as it pertains to her people. Then King Ahasuerus, verse 5, answered and said unto Esther, the queen, Say with me, who is he and where is he that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, the adversary and enemy is, next word, this wicked Haman. The one sitting right here at this banquet. That's who he is. Then Haman was what? <laughs> I guess. Before the king and queen. Isn't it amazing how fierceness turns to fear once the truth comes out? Uh -huh. How people that are proud end up being petrified when the truth comes out. And listen to me. It doesn't take long for it to come out. And all of a sudden, the one who's trying to kill is begging 
for somebody to save his life. This is Haman. And the king arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath went into the palace garden and Haman stood up to make request for his life to ask to the queen for he saw that it was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine and Haman was falling upon the bed wherein Esther was. Then said the king, <laughs> will he force the queen also before me in the house? <laughs> this, is, this is something. As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Interesting. Let the church say amen. Father, have thy blessing to the reading of your word. Now we know this book is blessed because it's your word. When we ask you to bless it, I'm asking you to bless the reading and the preaching and the teaching of it here in this place tonight. That it might go forth and accomplish that which it has been set out to accomplish. Thank you, Lord, for giving it to us. Now, Lord, if you perform the miracle so that this book could be given, preserved, presented to us tonight just as you gave it, then the very least we can do is, is receive it and reproduce it in our lives. Continue to help us. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Let's say it together. God is working behind the scene. Come on, say it again. God is working behind the scene. And he is. By the way, sometimes he's working right on center stage. Hmm? I mean, sometimes it's so clear, it's so real, it's so vivid, it's almost as if it's in real life that God is working. And there are other times when you just have to trust he is. Job 23, Job said where he normally works. He's, I went to the spot where I typically find God. He wasn't there. He wasn't on the right. He wasn't on the left. I go forward. I go backward. I couldn't find, oh, that I knew where I might find God. And listen to what Job said. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth this go. Here's what Job said. I can't find him, but I know he's there. It's faith. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn to walk by faith because there will be moments when you can't put your finger on where he is. You can't spot him. You can't seem to locate him. And, and in the normal, visible ways that he works, he's not working. Elijah is in the cave and he's ready to quit because God that came down and showed himself strong on his behalf on Mount Carmel has now let this wicked lady threaten his life and he's hiding in a cave and he gets up and sees the wind and he sees an earthquake and he sees fire and God's not in any of them. These are big bombastic manifestations that are indicative of the character of God and yet God's not in the fire, he's not in the wind, he's not in the earthquake. And Elijah must be thinking, I'm, I just don't understand it. These things are big. Why wouldn't God be in big things? Listen to me. Sometimes God is working by Behind the scenes, he doesn't come through in the fire, wind, or earthquake. He comes through in a still, small voice. Don't put him in a box. 
Don't tell them what to be, when to be, how to do it. Listen, just let God be God. And listen, you don't serve God because you can see him. You serve God because he's God. This is a story that is unfolding in front of us. And we're right in the middle of the process of, of watching the truth come out. Say that with me. The truth come out. Listen, listen, listen. When God is at work, eventually the truth is going to come out. Somebody say amen. And this is exactly what's going to happen. This is where finally Haman and the king show up at this banquet that Esther has invited them to. And here they come. They're about to find out. And the expressed petition is going to take place. We've just seen the eventual prestige of Mordecai where he finally gets honored for something he did a long time ago. You will reap in due season if you faint not. Somebody say amen. And now here comes the expressed petition. Now this is a petition that Esther has had for a long time. This is a plea she wants to make to the king. Listen, from the moment she found out that her people were doomed to be destroyed, she wanted to tell the king, but just because you want to do something right away doesn't mean that's the right time to do it. He that hath no control over his spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. Even a fool when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. Look what the Bible's saying. Even a fool, I mean, he's a fool, straight up fool, and everybody knows it, but in that moment, he's wise when he learns not to do something just because he wants to do it right then. Now, if we're not careful, we'll look at the big moments in the Bible stories. We'll focus on them, particularly because we don't necessarily study them verse by verse. We'll jump into moments and we'll see those moments happen and we'll fail to realize that big moments are nothing but the culmination of a lot of little moments that preceded them. Everybody wants to watch Goliath fall. Everybody wants fire to come down from heaven. Everybody wants to watch Samson whooping the Philistines. Everybody wants to see Paul and Silas walking out of prison. Everybody wants to see Peter knocking on that door after he's been set free. Everybody wants to see these great miracles. Everybody wants to see these boys walking around in the fire with Jesus and Daniel with lions around him that won't bite him. But ladies and gentlemen, you've got to understand something. Those big moments in their lives don't happen unless they've learned to walk with God. Listen to me. You're talking about God working behind the scenes. Listen to me. You've got to learn how to be a good Christian behind the scenes if you're going to be able to show off on the stage. So God can't be the only one working. You can't be God, but God ain't going to be you. And Esther has a moment. She has a moment to say what she's wanted to say because she waited for the time to be right. And here he comes. The expected arrival, Haman and the king show up. The extended access there in verse number one, the king's initiation. What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. The king brings it up. I said the king brings it up. Aren't you glad that God, who is in authority, knows what's on our heart? And sometimes, even before we can ask him, he asks us, what do you need? 
He remembered her. He offered her resources, his resources to her. He respected her. He was in charge, but he treated her with respect. He was the head leader, but he treated her with respect. He addresses her as Queen Esther. What is thy petition, Queen Esther? Sometimes your enemies are picking on you, and it feels like they're always getting the upper hand. They're dogging you out. They're treating you wrong. They're winning the battle. But when the time is right, the king will show up and say in front of them, what do you want, Queen Esther? You feeling real good when the person in charge is treating you like you're in charge too. What Haman must have felt like is the king, in so many words, is reminding him. It's the queen right here. Hey, the next time you're getting beat up by the devil, don't forget, you're God's child. You have a title. And all of a sudden, she explains the agenda. This is what we talked about last night. She begins the explanation in response to his question by saying, if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. She begins with a plea. This is a plea for life. Listen, king, this is a life and death matter. This is not about a financial loan. This, this is not about a favor that I need for you that I'll pay you. But no, 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 no. My life is on the line. I, I, I want you to know I'm asking you to save my life. And ladies and gentlemen, we're living in the days of spiritual warfare where we better recognize lives are on the line. Her plea and her plight were sold. Verse 4, destroyed to be slain and to perish. If it had been sold for bondmen or bondwomen, I'd held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. She, she said, I will tell you something. My people are destined for destruction. All of us. And here comes the king with the elicited answer. Now watch this now. He extended, extended his access. He expl she explained the agenda. Now he's eliciting an answer from her. This is what we talked about last week when he says, who is it and where is he? Who is he and where is he? Insisting on knowing. <laughs> Doesn't it make it so much easier to tatt tattletale? When the boss insists you do. Who is he? And where is he? And of course, the exposed antagonist. Here it is. Verse 6. Then Esther said, the adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Listen to me. He's been doing his dirt for a while. He's been seemingly getting away with it. He's got the king signed on to it. He's got the friends with him. He's got his wife advising him. He's got people agreeing with him. Remember the people of Mordecai that were Mordecai's contemporaries? They're all bowing down to Haman and asking Mordecai why he won't bow down. Hey, listen to me. If you're reading the story up to this point, it looks like Haman is not only powerful, but he's popular. And now in a moment's time with just a tidbit of information, the whole kingdom is turning on this guy. The exposed antagonist. Look at me tonight. There's coming a day in the life of every antagonist to the people of God where that individual is going to learn you don't mess with God's children. 
Now, you're going to have to believe that moment's coming. Now, now, now listen to me. You don't have to be a lost person to be guilty of messing with God's children. You can be a child of God messing with a fellow child of God and God will deal with you too. Now listen to me. Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it with us over he will. Here's what the proverb is saying. Those in authority are under God's authority. Let me say that again. Those in authority are under God's authority. By the way, they don't have to be children of God to be led by God. God can direct a lost man to do his bidding, watch this now, in favor of his people and in fate to those who are not. There's no indication that Ahasuerus is saved. There's no indication that Ahasuerus is, has any interest in Jehovah God. But there is an affinity from Ahasuerus to somebody who happens to be a child of God. And now all of a sudden, the same king who in a couple chapters earlier is sitting down drinking with Haman, celebrating a decree he just made, is now finding out that that same Haman is trying to kill not only his queen, but all of her people. He is an exposed antagonist. And I'm telling you, Christian, you better love God long enough. You better serve God faithfully enough. You better keep doing right even when it's not easy because you've got to believe even though the people that don't like you, that are criticizing you, that are hating on you, trying to destroy you, you've got to believe that God is a just God, that God's going to come through, that God's going to deal with them. You don't need vengeance. Stay out of that department. God knows what he's doing. He's taking records and the longer they do you wrong, the worse they're going to get punished when they get exposed. And sometimes, sometimes God lets people get away with stuff just to set them up for a bigger destruction. I mean, look, look, look. Esther could have exposed Haman long before. We don't know how the king would have responded to it, and we don't know what would have happened. Listen, the longer Haman took, the worse he did, and the worse he did, the worse it was on him. When he first started doing this, and Esther found out he hadn't built them gallows yet. Now he's got gallows. You're sitting there complaining about how wrong people are. Listen to me. The more wrong they are, the more, work, the more, the more uh, detrimental it is for them. Is the exposed antagonist. Notice the enraged authority. Look at, look at the king, verse number seven. The king arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath. There's a man for you, ain't it? Got to walk out and get some fresh air. Hot. Look, look at this he, he went into the palace. I mean, here's what he's thinking. I can't believe that my queen is telling me that her people are sold to be destroyed and the culprit behind all of this is my right-hand man. He was hot. I'm going to tell you why he was hot. Because although Ahasuerus wasn't a saved man, he was a decent man. He was a decent man. Listen, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. I know some people that are more decent lost than some Christians are saved. I mean, they're enjoyable, they're good natured, they tell the truth, they're honest, they're kind. 
If, 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 if I'm in my mind, if I'm rehearsing the meanest people I know, top five on the list is having to be saved. I'm, t- I'm telling you, Ahasuerus is a good, he's a good-natured man. And we understand there's nothing to do with good. We're all sinners. We're all headed to the devil's hell without Jesus. But I'm talking about a benevolent, a kind, a well-natured person. Listen, you know why he's hot? Here, here's what he's saying. I ain't trying to kill people. I'm not trying to destroy people. Well, watch it. I'm not a dirty person. I'm not an evil person. I'm not a spiteful person. It makes me mad that I am trying to do good by people, and I got somebody working with me who's fooled me and he's doing bad by people. Now listen, listen, let me just give you this tonight. I'm telling you there are some people who are good friends who would not be good friends if they knew what kind of person their supposedly good friend was. And I'm just telling you, hang on. God has not elected you to go reveal to them how bad of a friend they have. That's not your place. In due season, God will expose me. You ever looked at people and said, mm, mm, look at them all buddy-buddy. If he knew how he was, he wouldn't be friends. But listen to me, there's coming a time where he going to find out that the he he thinks is his friend is not the he he thought he was, and it ain't going to be a he he moment when he finds out he's not. Steps out there. Steps away from the banquet. And while he's enraged as the authority, Haman is going to make an extreme attempt to beg the mercy of Esther. Now look at verse number seven again. Haman stood up to make what? Request what? For his life. Hmm. Can I tell you something? I've seen some of the most evil people who make people cry for a living. When the tables got turned, they started crying for their living. He's he's begging for, listen, a few verses later, he's trying to take life and now he's trying to save his own life. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure your sin will find you out. You reap what you sow. You keep trying to kill people, you ain't gonna end up getting yourself killed. So he's begging her, begging Esther the queen, please save my life, save my life. Verse number seven, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Listen, isn't it terrible in life when the people you try to destroy are the only ones that can help you? My auntie Lassie said, you better be careful who you're kicking on the way down. You better be careful who you're stepping on on the way up because you might pass them on the way down. Be careful. That's why you ought to learn how to treat everyone with respect. You never know who you're going to need. Help me. (laughs) Meanwhile, the king comes back in, verse 8. He returned out of the palace. He's mad because... Haman has devised a scheme to destroy Esther and all of the Jews. He comes back inside and finds out this same Haman now is lying on the bed begging Esther. And listen, listen, his enraged authority now based on this extreme attempt of Haman becomes an exacerbated aggravation. 
an exacerbated aggravation. I mean, he was already aggravated. Now his aggravation has gone to another level. He comes back in and then not only is this guy trying to kill her, now he's trying to sleep with her. That's what it looks like. Let me tell you something. When you mess up with God, it all goes downhill. I'm just telling you, it all goes downhill. Let me close and, and let you go home. Here's what's interesting about verse number eight. As the word, remember the king says, will he force the queen also before me in the house? I mean, he's going to force the woman? Same woman he's trying to kill, now he's trying to force himself on her. Here's, here's what interests me about verse 8. As the word went out of the king's mouth, look what it says, they covered Haman's face. What they? Isn't it, isn't it amazing how quickly his fans became his foes? These were the same guys marching in with Haman, doing his bidding. And just like that, the same guys who were for him were now, he couldn't, look, he couldn't even get the word good out of his mouth. I'm talking about the king, for them guys were covering up Haman's face. Get him out of here. Listen, long thought out sinful schemes come to an end in seconds. Sin, sin, sin of work, you, sin of work, you did. You'd be staying up all night trying to sin. Scheming and planning and covering up and all. Sin, 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 sin. But I'm going to tell you something. All of that time it took to do all that sinning, once the king finds out or once the king decides to deal with it, that which you did for a long time will be stopped like that. God is, God is challenging us. And for those of us that are believers, here's, here's what, here's what we've got to understand. Nobody, nobody exposes and expels sin better than God. So here's what I want you to do tonight. Take your badge off, okay? Take your badge off. Put your gun away. Huh? Put your binoculars down. Quit, listen, quit trying to play cop. Be a Christian and let God be the judge. And when the time is right, sin will not only be exposed, it will also be expelled. Our Father, we love you and we bless you. We're going to have to learn to trust you. It sure looked like Esther and the Jews were going to lose. Sure did. Sure. Oh, 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 how quickly the tide was turned. Thank you, Lord. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Pastor, pray for me that I have the patience and the faith. 
to trust the Lord, that justice will be served in his time. That's you, believer. Hand all over the building. If that's you, God bless you, my soul. We're all dealing with something. Trust him. Esther, God bless you, put your hands down. Esther didn't have to, she had to choke anybody. She had to punch nobody. Just let God do it. Now, Lord, help us this week. Help us to use restraint to trust you. We love you. We so thank you and bless you for being a good God. Help us, Lord.